0: welcome to the board game design lab podcast each week we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love and now here's your host gabe barrett
1: what's up my friends welcome to the board game design lab today we're talking about story we're talking about how story affects games how it impacts games what narration looks like inside of stories and we have an expert on the subject mr jerry hawthorne he's going to be talking to us about story and games day jerry appreciate you being on the show
0: um, i appreciate you having me on
1: absolutely uh mice and mystics one of my favorite games one of the, one of the better games to have come out in the last four, five, six years. Just a game beloved by people all over the place. Uh, and we're going to be talking to Jerry about that game. But, man, I want to tell you a little bit my, about my story of how I came into contact with that game. So, like, early 2012, I found Tom Vassell for the first time. Mm-hmm. And 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 I had I didn't know the board game hobby in, in the way it exists. I didn't know it existed that way. I knew of Monopoly and Clue and all that. But I had never seen anything like what Tom Vassell was talking about and then one day he reviewed this game called Mice and Mystics. And I came out of, like when I was in college, I played a ton of Dungeons and Dragons. And Mice and Mystics just kind of like spoke to me in that, because it had this story and it had these, you know, these characters on these, on you know, the grid system and running around and beating stuff up and then the magic and the fight and then all that. And so that was actually the first hobby game that I ever purchased. And really the first one I played and really got into. My friend and I, we would get together every every week, and we would go through the story and go through the scenarios and, and sometimes get our, uh, our our butts handed to us by the dice, and sometimes we'd be victorious, and it was a lot of fun. And we just really enjoyed the story. But tell me, how did you come up with the idea? Like, why in the world did you create a mice game?
0: Uh, Well, um, I wanted to oh, – I- My original idea was to um, is to make a game about superheroes um, that would be family oriented uh, along the lines of like the Incredibles where uh, each family member would have their own special ability and then they could work together as a team and um, that was the the original idea so I started working some mechanics around that framework and um, you know my daughter was young at the time and she was learning how to read and she was really struggling uh, learning how to read and so I thought you know if i could if i could craft a story and a, and a game together and i could like maybe help her learn how to read by breaking up the activity with the, some gameplay and since she was really into mice at the time i switched the theme over to mice and um started writing the story and um and then integrating the mechanics into the story uh trying to really get my daughter interested in in reading and and to help her break up the reading into little chunks that she would understand how the action affected the words and how the words could affect the action and stuff like that.
1: Definitely how effective was it in in getting your daughter excited about reading?
0: Well, not very effective at all. <laughs> um we we later discovered that my daughter had a learning difference and oh. so no no amount of my efforts was going to fix that. You know, I'm I'm just like any typical dad, I always think I can fix everything myself, you know, and um, but what's funny is that the tool the tool I created to to fix my daughter's problem that didn't actually work on her problem ended up being pretty pretty decent game and so uh, I just kept moving forward with it and um, uh, When my friend Colby heard about it, he uh, he just basically said hey listen, don't show it to anybody else I really think I want to publish this game can you have a prototype ready to show me in about six months' time? And I said yes, even though I about crapped my pants because <laughs> I didn't really know exactly you know, how to create this prototype right at that moment. But I did it anyway, and gotcha. I, met, I met my deadline and showed, it, showed them the prototype. I had two chapters written at the time, and um, I was able to take it to Gen Con and get a bunch of people playing it and get their eyes on it, and everybody felt really, really favorable about it, and Colby green it, and then I worked on it for a couple of years, and it was actually, um, it actually reached the market in November of 2012.
1: Gotcha. You know, I've heard a lot of people, going back to kind of your original idea for the game, a lot of people have talked about how how great it's been with their kids as a great family game to kind of get the kids excited about story about uh, killing cockroaches whatever you know but really enjoying uh, the the family aspect of it and so I, I think you I think you accomplished your original goal uh, I really do with with creating a game that families would love
0: I th- yeah I think that that's um, it's the idea that that you can play a game together that sort of um, sort of puts everybody even you know Where old people feel young, young people feel responsible and older, and everybody just everybody's mice. And so uh, it kind of takes away gender, takes away the age barrier, and puts everybody on the same on the same level. And I think that that's that's part of why families enjoy it so much.
1: Absolutely. What do you what do you think uh, is the difference with your game? Since it has the story, it has such a strong narrative element. You know, how how is that? Trying to think the best way to put this. How has that story really brought people in? You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of scenario-based games. There's a lot of games that say, "Hey, here's your scenario. Here's the enemies. Go kill some stuff." But your game with the story. How do you really think that has set you apart to be the game that so many people love?
0: Mice and Mystics is different because it, it's a, it's a linear story, and um, um, the there is a strong narrative with the game. Um, in addition to some emergent. Narrative but the emergent narrative isn't the isn't the star the star of the show is the actual story that you're You're uncovering as you go along. I try to explain it like it's a bedtime story that you can play and it's uh, It's just a different a different breed in itself but I think that, that that's part of what makes it unique and part of what um, make people attach themselves to the characters in the story Uh, because they get to read about and they care about them. The characters each sort of represent certain virtues that um, are universal and um, are very much part of uh, of family relationships. And and the story is your basic good versus evil. You know, uh, the good guys are in way over their heads, and they are small and very fragile. And um, that makes everybody sort of care for them. And that's just, I guess, part of the, the formula.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it also it gives players a good why, like why we're doing this. It's not, oh, you know, these guys are on the, on the map and we're just trying to open treasure chests. No, like it, you have a background. You have a context. You have the reason why you're doing these things and you're fighting these different enemies. And I think that's... Um, one of the reasons it's, it's been around for so long, people are still playing the game. You go to conventions, you see people still playing it, and you've had the expansions mm-hmm. uh, and the, other, the story, you know, the extra stories that have come out and all that, and I think that's really been a huge aspect in it. Uh, let's kind of look in the, the general concept. What are, what are your thoughts on story in games in general? Like you know, People talk about the story arc and how this game has a good arc to it and all those different things, but what are your thoughts as a designer, as a player even, on story in games?
0: well i I mean I'm kind of biased I obviously I love story and games. Um, I grew up on Dungeons and Dragons and when we used to play it when I was young it it just seemed that we were um, we were so the, the stories were so rich and we were so immersed in in those stories and um, and the lore um, and we whenever I was uh, dming I would I would write very very intricate scenes basically for my characters and so it wasn't just um rolling dice and uh, measuring the mechanics of the game itself and and trying to out outwit or outroll your uh, your your challenges it was there were a lot more choices to be made that really lived outside the game itself and just existed within in in the realm of human decision making you know and um, i think that that i think that that aspect of it is something that I really care about. I really like when games come with a lot of story. I read all of it. Um, I'm really into it, and it really helps me immer- I mean, I mean, if I'm not immersed in a game, I just really have a hard time connecting with it. So, um, for me, it's it's a real it's a real aid in um, in the enjoyment of a game.
1: Absolutely. How much do you think your your time as a DM and writing all that? How much does that come to play later on when you're making Mice and Mystics and, and expansions?
0: Well, it came to, it came to play quite significantly because I was trying to do with the, with the action of Mice and Mystics is sort of, um, recreate the experiences that we had playing D&D when I was a kid, um, and recreate that sort of, um, the, that magical feeling of, of, of really working through an epic, uh, story and not just a, a series of, of incidents, you know? And, um, the, the idea was that, you know, if, if a parent wanted to uh, sort of indoctrinate their children into the world of role playing, they could start with something like Mice and Mystics. And the story's already written out for you. There's really no prep involved. You could just sit down, slap the tape, you know, open up the, the thing, put all the components out. Easy to teach, easy to remember how to play in between sessions. And you just uh, you just play through it and you get the story. But you don't have all the heavy uh, back end stuff that a DM normally is uh, burdened with.
1: Absolutely, it gives you that quick start, so to speak. You can just jump yeah. right in, read yeah. the story, hop right in, play a game for an hour, then go do something else. Come back to it later. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. If there's any failure in Mice and Mystics, it's uh, it is it on my my part for just not making the the rules even more streamlined or more simple. I mean, um, I tried to you know I tried to navigate this fine line between having some complexity for older players. And some simplicity for younger players, so that in the hopes that there would be some somewhere in the middle where everybody would be happy, you know.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I feel like you you accomplished that for the most part. You know, it's only, there's only that that rare case where the dice just hate you, that you get destroyed and all that. But um, yeah,
0: that's I, I like that. I, yeah. I like those surprises. But yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's games. That's that's why we play. You know. Sure, sure. I just think that for non-gamers, um, to pick up the game and buy, if they buy at the store and they're a non-gamer and they're not, they're not uh, really part of the world of hobby gaming, they're going to be intimidated by the thick rule book and, um, and concepts that they may never have really experienced in a game. And that part really worries me because I wanted to, uh, penetrate into a market that, um, that hobby games don't penetrate into that often. And, um, and I think that I, I think that maybe having a, a less heavy rule book might have might have worked better.
1: <laughs> maybe so. What are what are some things you would have streamlined?
0: I'm really not sure. Yeah. I mean, I love the way the game plays, but um, that I would pr- it would probably be um, boring to talk about because it would be specific little things that uh, that would culminate in a much more streamlined if I if I implemented all these little itty bitty things. So. Uh, I mean, I, I would leave the dice and the cheese system the way they are because I love that and, um, and it's thematic and I like how the, the flow of the game goes. But um, but I think that I would probably uh, maybe have special, uh, have less variety in the amount of special rules that are in there and then maybe put those on cards so that players could reference them right next to the board while they're playing. Just, you know, stuff like that. A lot of little that nuances. That way you wouldn't have... Well, you wouldn't have to have that rule book. You wouldn't have to thumb through the rule book so much to to look for a, you know a rare rule. You could just have you know something right there that uh, maybe it was called out on the side of the page in the storybook, which cards to lay next to the board, and then you could reference those right away.
1: Gotcha. Now, is there any plan for stuff. a second edition of the game?
0: Um, I you know I'm not really uh, I got talked to by uh, Colby today, and I'm not really at uh, liberty to talk about any <laughs> sort of uh, future plans. <laughs> <laughs> um so the uh so I I couldn't tell you all what I can tell you though is is I'm very hopeful and I think that there's a good chance that we're gonna see more stuff. Um but I wouldn't be able to tell you any details about what that is or whether there is or what have you.
1: No worries, man. I totally understand. I know I've
0: been asked I get asked almost almost daily about it on you know oh, on really? Facebook and stuff.
1: Right. Well, let's uh, let's get back into some about story. What do you think about story driven games, like games where you are like actively in the story? Something like Time Stories, Tales of Arabian Nights, where the story is a is not just a context or not just flavor, but is actively like what you're engaging with. What do you think about those those games?
0: Yeah, those are um, those are right in my wheelhouse. I mean, Time Stories is a beautiful achievement. Um, Tales of the Arabian Nights is um, is uh, is just fun-filled zany adventure <laughs> um i love those kinds of things um and that's that's really that's my design space right there um i i'm uh i'm blown away by the elegance of time stories and um and then i have that that lovable part of me that just loves tales of the arabian nights and all of its silliness
1: yeah absolutely what do you think just from a uh a people standpoint what do you what do you think it is about stories or games like time stories or like your game that really draws people in i mean obviously it has a story but what is it about these stories cuz people could go read a book they could go watch tv they could go watch a movie whatever but yet they're taking time to play these games that are very very rich with story kind of let's get almost existential let's get a little psychological what do you think it is sure. about these things that that draws people in the way they do
0: well i think it's um I think there's there's a group experience where um especially in, in certain games where um in the cooperative environment um let me let me just stick with a cooperative environment In these kinds of games where you're working your way through a story and the story is kind of guiding guiding you through uh the, the players get a chance to uh to test different measures of human interaction that uh that might not exist in other game spaces and um that i think can uh can tap into certain virtues and it can, it can also take people out of their daily lives and and maybe make them think about things a little bit differently. Um, I think they're extremely important. And in fact, I've, uh, you know, in my, in my recent endeavors, uh, in game design, I've been uh, doing a lot of consulting with psychologists and um, people who use board games as therapy, um, uh, play therapy and, um, just, Learning about what kinds of games that those professionals need to help guide their group settings and stuff. What games that they feel would really tap into uh, to those group therapy settings? Um, uh, Those are games like Time Stories and Mice and Mystics. These games work really well for that sort of thing. You know,
1: very cool. Um, Let's talk about like the story arc and things because there's a lot Mm -hmm. of games that are really just mechanics with a theme pasted on. And it's, there's not there's no story really to speak of. You might have some flavor text here and there, but but yet those games will still have a story arc. Like you'll you'll still feel like you're you're in in a in a story somehow. You'll you know you'll get done with the game and you'll look back and go, hey, remember when that happened? And remember when I was gonna do this, but you blocked me off or cut me off. Um, so you yeah. Know, any any thoughts on on those kinds of games or the story arc in general, especially for games that would normally you know not really be considered a story game?
0: Sure, yeah. Um, I'll I'll bring up my favorite of those category in that category, and that's a uh, Hero Quest. I don't know if you ever played Hero Quest. Um, I guess it was first published back in 1989. Mm-hmm. It, you look a little young, so it might be before your time. But... I think I was three <laughs>
1: three years old when that came out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, the, um, what's cool about what's cool about a game like that, especially at that time, where I mean that was a basically one of the very first. If you ask me, one of the very first true adventure board games. You know, RPG light board game kind of things but um but anyways what you what you have is you have a framework of a story and you you know what your motivations are because you're told at the beginning of each scenario hey look this is what happened this is the kingdoms in peril these are your objectives and now you have to go into that dungeon and you have to figure this all out but really when you're playing it's just a set of mechanics that you're that you're working through um and you're 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 existing within that set of mechanics, but every once in a while you get more bits of the story are unfolding as you as you open up a new room and it's populated with furniture and monsters and and then there's a little bit of story that you read. It's like, oh, you know, this bad guy says this to you, you know, he has a little monologue, you know, and then you and then you leave the story behind. You go back into the mechanics and you fight it out. I absolutely love that. I think it's just one of the funnest experiences. And that's why that's why I wanted to work in that design space when I um when I started designing games uh, of my own, I mean, I, I worked as a content developer prior to actually being a game designer. So, I haven't always, you know, been at the head of a of, of putting a, a game together. But when I when I had an opportunity, I wanted to make a game like that. But I wanted to take the the story even a step further and just have it be more present and more, I mean, ever present. You know, there's hardly any rooms in Mycistic's where you go in and it's just mechanics. There's always some little tidbit that's gonna change things up and if you think about it that way it's sort of an ever-changing game because there's new rules that are introduced just that you might use just once but they're right there in the story and that was part of the design um the designing of it was was that you know you could create more dynamism through being able to feed feed more game mechanics into these little stories and stuff these little scenes
1: yeah and i think that's one thing that tom stories does really well you know, you, you get into an area and it says, Hey, the game has changed in this small way and it's going to create a really interesting interaction with the players or an engaging experience, or whatever. Yeah. The story's changed and now the mechanics have changed just a little bit. And it's it's fun, it's interesting, it's different, but it's not overwhelming. You're not having to learn 50,000 rules all at the beginning. That's you right. can learn them so like, as the game Yeah, the like, story like for instance, in
0: Mice and Mystics, you, you, you tumble through the, the sewer grate and suddenly now you're in the sewer. Now, you still have a battle and you still have to fight the bad guys, but now you have this rushing water, you know, obstacle in the middle of the, of of the board. And that changes things up, you know,
1: if you were going to give advice to somebody who's wanting to kind of inject some story into their game, maybe their game is a little dry. Maybe it is, you know, some kind of a Euro, maybe they're trading in the Mediterranean, whatever it is, what would you, what would be your advice on ways to inject story into that?
0: Well, I think that we're seeing a lot of, uh, We're seeing a lot more story in games now. I mean, um, you know, there's there's game companies who have on staff writers who are writing stories. There's um, there's definitely a a Push to have um to to flesh out these stories even more to flesh out the worlds even more I know that uh fantasy flight games just came out with a, a A source book for the game android and it's just You know filled with art and stories basically, you know to to really Help players immerse themselves in a world and all and create a brand identity probably um, so my advice to people who are getting into this Industry and want to add more story into their games I think that just about every game can stand a little bit more story in it So like for instance if you have a game that has cards and you know You've seen this in other games where they put a little bit of flavor text in there, you know, that goes a long way. Um, players just really, really love that stuff, you know. And if it's well done, and if it's, uh, you know, if it's executed well, then uh, then it'll really, it'll really work for them. There's other things too. If you if you seen like Mansions of Madness, you see where they, virtually every, every component in that game, just about every component in that game has some kind of little story attached to it. Everything from like the little you know, damage cards that you take being so variable and different. Have you played Mansions of Madness?
1: No, I've seen it. That's the one that has the uh, the iPad app and all that, right?
0: Yeah, the, yeah. The, the The new edition has the iPad app and everything, but it, it's it's pretty amazing because the because they put so much story into almost all the all the elements of the game. And this is what any game designer can do to um, to enrich the world that they create is you know flesh it out by by adding all this stuff in and that just adds to the lore and it, and it immerses the players even more.
1: So what, what, what are some of your favorite stories, whether it's movies, books, games, whatever, what are some of your favorites?
0: Um, well, I have a, I mean, I have a wide variety of things that I like. Um, uh, I mentioned that I liked the movie, the Incredibles. I think that's like probably one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen just in general. Um, uh, I, I have a tendency to to really enjoy family movies, so uh, you know anything from you know Pixar movies all the way up through Star Wars and things like that. Things that I wa- can watch with my kids. Um, I love. Um, so like, yeah, movies. Uh, anything that involves the it, like a like an epic story arc. You know, I love I love books and movies that where the characters start and they're simple and the story and the characters grow in complexity as the game, or I'm sorry, <laughs> as the movie or as the book goes, books go along, you know? Um, so that's the kind of thing I, I like.
1: Definitely. How, how do you think some of those stories that you've seen or some of your favorites have impacted your game design or the stories you've written for your games?
0: Well, I think they've impacted a lot in the way that um, – the way that I approach I craft a scene, you know, I always have movies in my mind when I'm when I'm thinking about how a, How a scene plays out, you know, and so I always try to frame all of my um, all of the story work that I do in my games as if I'm like framing out a scene in a movie and uh, I find that that's not only helpful for me as a writer but um, it helps with the you know, the visual quality of the game because the writing is is engineered to support a visual uh, imagination kind of thing for, for the players. So gotcha. I'm a very visual person myself. So
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, um, that's kind of the last question I got. I want to, I want to go into a little bit of a bonus round. I like to have a little bonus material to add on the website. That's kind of separate from the podcast. I'm going to, we'll jump into that in just one quick second, but you got anything else to add as far as story or narrative or narration in games?
0: Yeah. Um, when you go to, when you go to write like a story based game, um, Probably the best thing that you're going to need to do like right off the bat is sort of build out a framework of that of the entire story arc And then work within that and you can change it as you go along if you need to if you have like new bits bits of Inspiration or something that can make the story better or can make it more interesting, but it's really It's really beneficial to sort of spell out the scope of the entire story before you actually get involved in the game design now, I've done everything the hard way especially with my where um, And I'm not even sure that I know of another way to work, but I wrote The I had the mechanics I wrote new mechanics to go with the story as I was building the game and so as I was writing the story I was also uh, you know continuing to develop the mechanics and things like the, the, the cheese wheel and 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 the cheese being on the on the dice that stuff came actually, you know part way in to me actually developing the story So I'm like working on the mechanics in the story at the same time. It would have been Way easier to have developed the mechanics first and then started writing the story and then had the mechanics in mind As you're writing the story knowing what you have to work with so Anyway, so if anybody wants to get involved in like writing a story based game that I would I would recommend getting your mechanics solid first, and then writing the story. And if the mechanics do need to change or be altered a little bit to fit the story, it's much easier that way.
1: Gotcha. That's really great advice. You're saying build the systems first and then create the story kind of around it.
0: Yeah, if you can build a system and then you can stick to it, you got to build a system that has enough uh, uh, – that it's – That It's flexible enough to handle a lot of different situations because you you don't want to be limited in your writing You want to be able to write, you know different stories You want to have a scene where the characters are doing this and then you want to have a scene where they're doing something completely different And you want to have that same set of mechanics be able to work so that you don't have to write new mechanics for every scene Um, and you don't want to have to have the players relearn anything You know if they can use those same mechanics if they're flexible enough to use in these different scenes that I think that's probably um probably a good way to go you see that's done in time stories pretty well you know it's the same basic framework that you use
1: Yeah. Well, Jerry, I really appreciate your time, man. I appreciate your insight. Appreciate you being on the show. Uh Uh, We're going to jump into the bonus round. I'm going to ask Jerry about his his process and where he finds inspiration and what what things in life that that he sees that he's able to turn into cool game ideas, game stories, game mechanics, and all that. So we're going to hop into the bonus round. You can check that out on BoardGameDesignLab.com. Check us out on the website and find all sorts of cool stuff over there. But really appreciate you listening to this interview. Jerry, have a good one, and I'll talk to you later, man.
0: All right, man. Thanks for listening. Find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at BoardGameDesignLab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games.
1: Did I mention keep playtesting?